Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Are you excited to be here this morning? Yes. All right. I am in the right place. People excited about Jesus. Yeah, God is still on the throne. Amen. Yes. If you can just uh, stand with me one more time for the reading of the word, if you, if you will, uh, just go with me with, uh, to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Amen. We are going deeper. We are going deeper. How many want to go deeper in the Lord? Like, I'm at a point in my life, I, I just want to see God more. Amen. I want to see more of him. Like, I don't want to just read the Bible and, and like, wow, look how much he showed up in their lives. Look all the miracles he performed through them. I don't want to just read the Bible and just like, it just becomes a story. I want to be a part of that story. Yes, amen. I want to experience God the same way. That could happen. We can see the hand of God move in our lives. We can experience miracles. We can be led by him. We can see the sick healed. Like God still has the power to raise the dead. It could happen. It can happen. How many want to see that? I know I, I, want, to, I, want, to, I want to see that. I want to see that. It's not just a story. It's real life. These are real life encounters. Well, let's just read. Let's read Matthew 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he, he, when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I don't have a deep message for you this morning. Very simple message, very simple. But the message is about our attitudes. It's about our attitudes. Turn to your neighbor and say, check your attitude. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid of them. Say, I ain't scared of you, check your attitude. But the message today, the message today is about aligning our our attitudes with the word of God, aligning our attitudes with the favor of God. 
Let's pray. Father, we're just so thankful that you have a plan. Lord, you have plans for our lives. We're here to seek those plans, Lord, and we're ready to receive. Lord, we know that you're going to do some miraculous things in us, through us, for us. So we're here today, Lord God. I am here today saying, I am all yours. Ready to receive all that you have. All that you have for me. Thank you for this opportunity for me to minister this word. What a great honor it is to be called by you. So let it be you, Lord God. None of me, but all of you. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Yes. So airplane pilots often use attitude to describe the relationship um, uh, between the horizontal relationship with the horizontal uh, um, let me just let me say this correctly, right? Describe <laughs> airplane pilots often use. I'm not a pilot, so often use attitude to describe their horizontal relationship with the runway, and then they land, right? So if if the angle is not done, if the attitude is not aligned correctly, they will they will t- they will take a bad angle and crash when they when they land. Amen. So in essence, our attitude is our inward disposition, right, towards things, right, circumstances, and people. If our attitudes are not aligned with the word of God, we crash. Right? Our, our attitude must be what we heard here in service circle this morning. It must be vertical. It must be a vertical relationship. So God was, um, led me to ask Tracy to do the service circle um, this, this morning. I didn't know why. I thought it just was a great idea, right? To be honest with you, right? I know uh, Tracy has the, the word in her, so I wanted her to, um, to be used in the service circle this morning. And I didn't know she was going to talk about the vertical versus the horizontal relationship. So God's saying something to us. He wants us to get this. Are you with me this morning? So our relationship, our attitude must be aligned with the word of God or we will crash. We will crash. See, when we first give our lives to the Lord, right? We first give our lives to the Lord. We are supposed, our attitudes must be developed in a new way. It must be developed. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you automatically should be given a new attitude. Amen. Tell somebody, say, I got a new attitude. A new attitude. So if, according to Ephesians 4, it says, to put off your old self. That means the old self. That means before Christ. Right? So everything you did before Christ, it's saying that you're supposed to put it off. 
We're together? To put off your old self, which belongs to who? Your former manner of, of, of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, attitudes, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, in true righteousness and holiness. So we're not supposed to be the same. When we receive uh, Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we, we should become brand new yeah. with a new attitude, right. right? That means we're supposed to be nice yeah. to people. <laughs> no, honestly, it's nothing worse than a rude Christian. I believe this is killing the church. This is killing the church, right? We have people serving a holy God with old attitudes. We're supposed to be brand new. We're supposed to be in the likeness of Christ. I understand you don't just wake up Christ-like, right? You don't just wake up like I give my life to the Lord and I wake up, I'm Christ-like now. It's work. So that means it's saying what? Put off. That means we have work to do. So when you, when you feel like your old self is rising up, it's an opportunity to put off your old self. Right? We always blame the devil for attacking us. The <laughs> devil is attacking us. Guess what? He is not going to attack the old you, he will attack what you are becoming, right? And it's usually something after a spiritual endeavor, that's when the enemy comes in, right? Because when, when Jesus got baptized, then he went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, to be tempted. So as soon as something, as soon as you decide, right, some, some type of spiritual endeavor you experience, some type of move of God, that means you are becoming new and then the enemy will attack you. He is not going to attack the old you. <laughs> because if he can attack the new you, he hoped the old you will rise up. Yes, amen. <laughs> right? perfect opportunity to understand the new you is to fully recognize the old you and put it off and put it off somebody say put it off put it off, put it off. I hear people talk about their old self a lot right they talk a lot about their weaknesses they, they talk I hear them stop declaring the old you and start declaring the new you. Start declaring the words that God has spoken over your life. What did he speak over? Start declaring those prophetic words. Amen? And stop declaring the old you. Nobody wants to know the old you. Stop glorifying the old you. People talk about their weaknesses Right? Or the things that are used to, well, you, you, you know, I can, I can be really rude. Well, I know. <laughs> Why are you talking about that? Don't declare that. Who is the new you? Who is the new you? Amen? God has plans for 
your life. He doesn't have a plan for the old you. He has a plan for the new you with a new attitude. Are we okay? Say, we're just getting warmed up. I got a new attitude. I got a new attitude. I got a new attitude. The new you. God is using the new you. Because in him, everything is new. Right? Because he would take the old you and turn some things around. You might have made some mistakes in life. You might have failed at certain things, relationships, whatever. God's going to take the old you and turn it around. And everything in your life is going to become new. Oh, I hope I'm preaching to someone today. I hope this is penetrating. That was my prayer this morning. God, don't just let this be just a word. Let this be transformational word. Let this, I want to see change today. And start with me, God. Start with me, God. So here in our text, this is Jesus' best message that we've ever heard. Sermon on the Mount. Best message. You can't even, listen, no matter how well you preach, you can't out-preach this message right here. It's the best message. So here's Jesus standing on the mountain with his disciples. He's describing the special favor of God towards his people both spiritually and physically. And the consequences of living within that favor. Living within that favor. See, the Beatitudes describe a, a lifestyle and character of a follower. Right? See, Jesus wants us to follow his message he proclaimed of the kingdom. Matthew 4, 7, 17 says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Those who are blessed have repented in a response to the proclamation. See, Jesus is more concerned of what's happening in the, in the inside of us. Because if we, he knows if we change on the inside, amen, what you put on the inside of you will come out. Amen? And so let's talk about the favor of God, the certain attitudes that align with the favor of God. Jesus preached about it. He talked about it on this mountain to the disciples. He basically told them, this is the attitude you need to have to live within my favor. The first one, he says, to be poor. See, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit is to be conscious of one's continual dependence on, on God. It's being fully dependent on God. Like we can't go in our days thinking that we don't need God. We need, so it's to be fully, so it's like, it doesn't mean that you lack spirit. Right? I mean, you know, like you lack spirit. No, it doesn't mean that you lack spirit. It means that you are poor in spirit, meaning that you are in need of God yeah. every, day. every day. 
no matter what you do in life because you are new now. You are new. You're in the, you are new. God is doing a new thing in your life. So you're totally dependent on him. That's the attitude that he wants us to have, to be totally dependent on us, on him. So it's to, to have a humble spirit. To have a humble spirit and not a prideful one. Because a prideful spirit is one that refuse to change, see, and receive new perspective. But a humble spirit is the willingness to change, see, and receive a new perspective. Because God can't do anything with, with prideful people. That's why he said he hates pride. He can't do anything new. You're not, you're not willing to change. You're not willing to see anything new. And you're not really to, willing to receive anything new. What happened? You got, my, you got my back? You got my back? Okay. So, so it's the pride is the refusal to change, see a new perspective. Right? So we, we can't think that we don't need God. God's kingdom it refers to his rule, his rule, his rule over our lives. Poor in spirit. When we are poor in spirit, we get to see heavenly things. We get to see God's hand moving in our lives. And all we can say that it's not me, that's God. Has anyone ever experienced that? You know, you know from the shadow of shadow doubt, you know, you know it was not you. It was God that moved on your life. Come on. Come on. So he did it before, he'd do it again. See, he doesn't want this to be a once in a while thing. He wants us to live this way. He wants us to have this attitude to be totally dependent on him. Totally dependent on him. It's a good thing. Here's our refuge. It's everything we need. We can just come home after a bad day and just sit down and hear wrap us in his arms. You don't have to say a word. He's speaking to you. He's whispering how much he loves you. He's giving you energy, strength to carry on. We must practice bringing things to God. See, when we practice bringing things to God, our weakness is transformed into strength. And then we receive an inner strength we didn't have before. Come on. Should I say it again? When we practice bringing things to God, our weakness is transformed into strength. Then we receive an inner strength we didn't have before. Our weaknesses are made strong. Okay. Right. That's amazing. That's what that's who our God is. So we get strengthened when we are in the Lord. So we don't we can we can have our worst day in our worst day in our worst day. We are stronger than him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's why I say I should be able to sing because I'm weak at it. So <laughs> so I come to God with a voice that I have. This ain't working yet. I know it's a process. It's not working yet. It's not working yet. 
<laughs> See, God wants to give us something new. So to be poor in spirit, to be poor in spirit, that means you are in need of him. When you are in his presence, when you are in his presence, he gives you what you need, not what you want, but what you need. Isn't that awesome? Poor in spirit. So we got that? Then it says, the next one, it says, he's on a mountain. He's preaching to the disciples. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, this is powerful. I know we are living in some rough times right now. Let's just be real. Right? 2020 has been bad. <laughs> and, like, we're all experiencing it. It's like, so when, like, when COVID hit, it didn't replace, like, the other problems that we were already having, right? It only magnified them, right? So if you have financial issues before COVID, oh my goodness. I mean, a lot of people lost jobs. It grieves my heart. We lost family members, friends. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. And sometimes, some people I know are wondering, will things ever get better? Like, will this thing ever go away? Like, will we go back to normal? Like, some people have a feel like, are we able to do church again? Are we able to hug people? And will I ever get my job back? Would I ever get a job? The economy is so bad. You know, so as I was uh, meditating on this message and this particular uh, scripture here, I, the Lord revealed to me, I learned some things about this church. I learned some things about this church during all this, this COVID season, because it will pass. I've learned some things about the church do a great job persevering. I am blessed to be a part of this church. I've watched you persevere through these tough times. I know we're not out of it together, but do you know what the great thing, I know, I know we're not out of it yet, but do you know what the great thing about persevering? We've been doing this together. We've been persevering together. It's, it blew me away. It's like how we just, people just come together and to support one another, to be, I've noticed relationships was built out of yeah. these tough times. Yeah. The commitment level of this church, I'm very, very proud to be a part of this church. Yeah. This church knows how to persevere. Amen. God is going to use that. God is going to use, God will continue to use you, right, to be a message of hope. He is going to be glorified through your perseverance. God's going to be glorified. He will comfort everyone. He wanted me to speak that over you. So your attitude must align with this text. Okay, the next one. You ready? We're good? Uh, 
if you can just hand me my, uh, it's in my bag, my little towel here. It's a word of God makes me sweat. <laughs> meek. So blessed are the meek, for that they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. You ever sit on the word of God sometime and meditate? It's like, man, what is, that's like powerful. If you are meek, you inherit the earth. Huh. Meekness is not weakness. It, is, it doesn't mean that you're weak. I was talking to someone um, on the week in Connecticut, and he was like, I'm tired of being meek. You know, think I'm weak. Like, no, it doesn't mean weakness. It doesn't mean. It begins with our trust in God. It means you go low enough to, to know that you, let's, God is much bigger than anything that I do in my life, right? It means the breaking of your own will for God's will, right? As, as long as you remain independent, you would never maximize God's attention for your life. It says if you are meek, you will inherit the earth. If you are meek, you will inherit the earth. That means right, if you are meek, if you don't look for revenge when someone does something to you or whatever, you are, if you are meek, you will inherit the earth. If you practice meekness, right, you will inherit the earth. That means you will inherit the family, your family. That means you will inherit your community. That means you will inherit your coworkers. Amen? Because of your meekness. Because of your meekness. Are you with me? That's all I'm going to say about that one. Let's go to the next one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. They shall be satisfied. So when God offers me his righteousness, I go after it with intense hunger. We must continue to hunger and thirst after God, right? It's a, it's a type of attitude that pleases God, right? It's a passion to go after God for all things, a hunger to glorify God in every circumstance, in every circumstance, right? If the focus of your happiness is your circumstances, and then you were always trying to be changed changing your circumstances and not your attitude. But if your focus is on hungering and thirsting after God, your attitude will be unchanged by your circumstances. That's the type of attitude when Jesus is on the mountain talking to the disciples. He says, I want you to have the type of attitude that is unchanged by any circumstance. By any circumstance. It should be unchanged. Amen. So you don't seek happiness. If you, well, if you don't seek uh, to, to uh, we always want God to change our circumstances. God has something for us within that circumstance. He, he don't want our attitude to be unchanged by that. We w waver so many times. I've seen so, so many people just waver during rough times. 
It's like you talk to them, right? When things are going well, they're very nice. <laughs> but as soon as something happens, they transform. I guess is the old person just yeah. rise up. Yeah. It's like, what happened? I thought I was talking to the new person. I thought I was talking to the person that was in Christ. But I don't know, they transformed into such a rude person. Listen, we got to, it's rare church, right? Yeah. So we can talk about this stuff. We can just talk, when we can talk about how good God is all we want, because he is really good. This is him being good to us, right? He needs, he needs, we need an attitude, right? We need certain attitudes, right? To, to live within the favor of God. That's good. Right? So he wants us to have the type of attitudes that's just untouched by circumstance. Right? That's, that's why our attitude matters to God. It matters to God. We can choose to be, to have a joyful attitude even when it requires the submission of our own desires. Right? We can choose to have a joyful attitude even when it requires the submission of our, of our own um, desires, right? Because it's the attitude like God is your, your will and not, and not mine. Even Jesus, Jesus in, in Hebrews 12, 2 says, for, for he, for, for Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. See, Jesus un understood that having the right attitude in the worst of circumstances glorifies God. So if we just, God wants us to have just a joyful attitude, even if, if it requires doing something that we don't understand. Yeah. Even if it just requires our obedience, just do what he says. Yeah. Just do what he says. Amen. We have to have the attitude that whatever God tells us to do, not man, whatever God tells you to do, it's going to glorify him. It's going to glorify him. So it's a win-win. What actually is a lose-win. Lose yourself. Let's, let's keep going. Come on. So the next one. The next one. We're doing okay. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Simple, right? Very, very simple. We won't even spend a long time on this, right? Very, very simple, right? Mercy to us, mercy from us, principle. Mercy in, mercy out. But Jesus did warn us in Matthew 18, if we don't give mercy, what will happen? If we don't forgive, what will happen? In Matthew 18, can we talk about it? Just for a few minutes? Well. Jesus used a parable talking about a servant who owed the master money. And so he's about to get in trouble. Like him and his family were going to get in trouble because um, he, he didn't have the money to pay the master. And so he was pleaded to the master like, to show mercy on him. And so what the master did, he showed him mercy. He wiped away all of his debt. It was amazing, right? And so that same servant, the same servant who received mercy, 
went to confront another person who owed him money and he did not show the same mercy he received. He actually threw the guy in jail. And so the master heard about it, right? And called the, uh, the servant back and he threw him in jail, in prison, right? And he says his comment was, I forgave you, should you not yourself be forgiving? 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 Right? And so Jesus kind of summed it up in verse 35 in Matthew 18. It says, so shall my heavenly father do to you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So there you have it. Right? Mercy in. Mercy out. God's mercies are new every day. So should be ours. Right? I mean, because you get all clogged up when you don't forgive people, when you don't show people mercy, you get all clogged up. God can't do anything in your life. He can't do anything new because you're all clogged up with unforgiveness and, and all of those things, right? Let's just practice forgiving others. We talk about this all the time. When are we going to start? Start forgiving. It's consequences, right? Yeah. It's, it's consequences for not forgiving, right? So unforgiveness turns into bitterness. So we are start having these bitter babies. Stop having bitter babies. <laughs> yeah, right? You go plant seed of bitterness wherever you go. Start having bitter babies. You go to work, you're known as the bitter person. Sometimes you come to church with it. Start having your family. If your family know you as the bitter person, that's not good. You are, you are a Christian who's supposed to have a new attitude, like you are a follower, not a spectator. A follower, that means you follow his ways. Your attitude should become new, just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Are you with me? Yeah. You okay? You still love me? Yeah. Yes. Pastor Steve told me to preach this message. It wasn't the Lord, it was Pastor Steve. <laughs> you don't like Listen, I know I'm the pastor here, but I, you know, he's been doing this for a lot longer than me. So he's like, Pastor G, you need to preach this message. So if you don't like it, it's Pastor Steve. It's Pastor Steve. Oh, next one. Let's go. Let's get. All right, we got to go. We got to go. Blessed are the pure heart. They shall see God. I'm not going to spend a long time with this. It's just as you abide in Christ, he will abide in you. So the closer you get to him, right, um, he will take care of you. So he, you will be cleansed. So it's to continue to bring your sins to him and ask for forgiveness. The closer you are to him, the more you look like him. You're pure in heart. Man, God will purify your heart. Like David had this encounter with, with God all the time. He said, God, purify my heart. Renew my spirit. Renew. Just purify my heart. Just ask God every day. Like every day I ask God to purify my heart. I don't know. Sometimes I'm sleeping or whatever. I don't know. Something wake up. I just wake up. I feel corrupt. <laughs> you ever wake up 
feeling sinful? Or is it just me? All right, so y'all are perfect saints down here, right? No, you just wake up just with a bad attitude, right? Yeah. Just ask him to purify your heart. Like we need God every day. Every day we need him. It says, it says we do this, blessed are those who are pure in heart, they shall see God. Like, it's not visibly see him. If you are seeing God right now, you're not here. <laughs> right? It's the, you see God, me, meaning that you get a better understanding how he's moving in your life. Come on. You get a better understanding of your plans. Right? So that's what that's talking about. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're going to park here. The next one. This is it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Hmm. Peacemakers know where their peace comes from, how to live in peace, and how to pursue peace. So have you ever met someone, right? You notice that when bad things happen, happening around them, they just kind of like even kill. Like sometimes it's kind of scary, right? Like they feel like they're not like in touch of what's going on. They just like in peace, <laughs> right? They just feel like they're never in a bad mood, right? They just feel like they're like always happy. I'm actually describing my wife. Until I, until I do something wrong, which is pretty much every day. No, but you ever met someone that just feel like, you know, you just notice that anytime you talk with them, you notice something about them. It's just like, they seem like they always at peace, right? Have you ever experienced that in your life where you feel like seasons in your life, you just feel like, or moments, like you feel like, you're just at peace? You ever felt like that? Did it go away? So sometimes people feel at peace just for a moment, all of a sudden just goes away. Why is that? Where did the peace go? Like, where did it go? I don't understand. Like, for some people, it seems like they're at peace all the time. But for some of us, we only have moments of peace, situational peace. Yeah. Hey, you ever notice that? But the Bible says, I believe what the Bible says, right? The Bible says in John 14, 27, right? It says, this is Jesus talking. Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, when Jesus died, he left us peace. He left us the gift of peace. So when Jesus died and we receive him as our Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God is where? So could that mean the peace of God is in us? Amen. 
the gift of peace is in us? See, God, he didn't say that you will have occasional peace. He said, I will leave you with occasional peace. He just says, I will leave you peace. Peace I will give you. So he left us with peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. He didn't say, I will leave you with occasional peace, right? That will come and go. It's the peace that wants to dwell in us forever, abides in us forever, right? Romans 5.1 says, since I have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what is stealing your peace? If you only have moments of peace, what is stealing your peace? What is still? We have to know that, right? Sometimes we allow the cares of the world be the driving force of our peace. But he just says, it's not the type of peace that the world gives you. This is like supernatural peace he's talking about. That's in us. You know we have the supernatural in us? Natural people have the supernatural in us. That's amazing. So it's not, so when we have momentary peace, that's the world's peace. God's saying that you have the gift of peace that's inside of you, right? But when we are more concerned about our desires than the will of God, that doesn't give us peace. It actually gives us anxiety. To be, that's the opposite of peace, right? Because we, as people, love to control things, right? Love to control the outcome. But it gives you anxiety trying to control the outcome. It creates anxiety, right? Gets us to make impulsive decisions. Ouch. We have to have the right response to preserve our peace. Right response to preserve our peace. You ready for this? Come on, we're wrapping this up. Stay with me. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be what? Anxious about some things. No, it just, it says my, it says just uh, uh, occasional things. Don't be anxious for, about occasional things. Some things you can be anxious for. Right. No, that, right? Some things, I mean, the Bible doesn't know everything. Right? It's, I'm, I thought, I, I know I need glasses, but it says do not be anxious only for some things. Oh, I got the right one. What does it say up there? Read it again. Do not be anxious about anything. Because nothing is greater than our God. There's nothing he can't take care of. I know it's a shout in a moment, but it needs to be. Like he can take care of anything. He says, do not be anxious for nothing. Like I got you. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Means he want to talk to you. 
with thanksgiving. Like you have to be happy when you talk to him. And let your request be made known to him. It's that bringing things, your weakness to him. And it's transforming to strength. And you receive the inner strength that you didn't have before. God's always going to give you something that you didn't have before. Anytime, anytime you get with God, right, and you're serious about it, and you pray and with supplication and with thanksgiving, like be happy when you're praying with the Lord, right, you will receive something you didn't have before. See, it's not what God will give you peace because you already have it. It's to remind you of the peace that you already have in you. It says you do it by prayer or something. Like, talk to me. God say to some people, talk to me. Talk to me. We have a lot to talk about. Prayer and thanksgiving are the right response to preserve our peace. Stop talking to your neighbor. Stop talking to your, your family, right, looking for peace. Stop talking to your friend, right, that only talks, you know, only criticize everything, right, that only just ignites your anxiety, right? Stop talking to them. Talk to God. He will remind you of the peace that's inside of you. Then it goes on further in Philippians 4, 7, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what? So the peace, the peace that's inside of us, right? Sorry, Sam, I know he's mad at me. The peace that's inside of us will guard our hearts and mind. It will guard our hearts and mind. The peace that's in us can guard our hearts and mind. We need to ignite that peace that's inside of us. We have it. Even during COVID, the peace of God is in us. It's in us. Stop looking for peace. Just start calling peace out. Declaring the peace that's inside of you. I have the peace of God. It's a gift that Jesus left. He sacrificed his life to die for my peace. And I, I would not waver. My attitude would not be moved. Come on. Trusting him. See, I love this um, verse 7 here. It says, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. It means that God is putting soldiers around your mind and your heart. Reminding you of the peace that's inside of you. So that way, if you have that peace working inside of you, you will trust him. You, trusting him will be your number one priority. Knowing what's more important in life is revealed through crisis. Is, yeah. Crisis is an opportunity for the gift of peace to rise up in us. So remember, there are two ways to handle crisis. We either panic or we rest in the peace of God. You remember, I'm going to wrap up. I know I'm going to say I'm wrap up. If Caitlin just come up now, I will really wrap up. All right. So you remember when Jesus was on a boat with the disciples and it was a storm. Right. 
Let's get a little scene going on here. This is a little storm, and Jesus was resting during the storm, right? And the disciples, they were like panicking. Do you imagine? It's not written, but you can imagine what they were saying. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I cannot believe this is happening. We, I cannot believe we're in this boat, right? I knew I shouldn't have gotten this boat. Right, I knew I shouldn't have gotten this boat. When, the, when, we, when this boat land, you know, when, when, we, when this boat parked, I'm getting out of this boat. I'm never getting this boat again. Look at him, he's over there sleeping. I knew God wasn't for me. He forgot about me. He forgot about me. He only hangs out with Peter. Look, he has sleep. If Peter says something to him, he would probably wake up. He's over there sleeping. He's over there sleeping. Right, they were just panicking, panicking. Imagine, like sometimes we live our lives that way, right? When storms of this world, which we have authority over, the storms of this world come to us, we just start to panic. We forget about the new person we are, and we revert back to the old person, right? We just start panicking. We just start saying words that you can't take back. Words you got to go to God when the storm is over to ask for forgiveness. Right? We're panicking. We panicking. We're panicking. But do you know, you imagine the disciples in the boat? The Prince of Peace was laying right there. And it was a message to the disciples. And it's a message to all of us. Yes, amen. Jesus was relaxed. He was a son of God. God is the God of peace. And he was just relaxing in that peace. And he woke up, right? You know, probably told them off. He looked at the storm and he said to the storm, he spoke to the storm. He says, peace, be still. Now, I read that, I'm just like, oh, I get excited. It's like, oh my gosh, God's gonna calm the storms in our lives, storms that's going on in our lives. God's gonna calm the storm. He's in the storm, he's saying, peace, be still. But then, I meditated more. The Lord revealed to me that He's not speaking to the storms outside of us. He's speaking to the storms inside of us. Because we have the gift of peace in us. So Jesus is saying to us today, peace be still. Peace be still. Attitude that is still, an attitude of peace that doesn't waver, is untouched by any circumstance. Peace be still. He got control of the storms, but we need to just control our attitude. And we use the peace that is given to us because he loves us. Peace be still. Whatever you're going through in life right now, 
God is saying to you, peace, be still, peace, be still. Come on, stand with me. And what I was going to share with you, I don't have time to get into it. But it says to pursue, to seek peace and to pursue it all the time. That's, that's who peacemakers are. It's to seek peace and to pursue it. It's to use the peace that's inside of us. <laughs> to seek it like when you are having an argument with someone. Don't seek to be right. Seek to make peace. If you have that attitude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God will get the glory. And this is it. It says to be, when you are a peacemaker, it says you're called sons of God, children of God. Why? Why? Well, because peace Peace triggers what well, peace is holiness. God of peace, the Prince of peace. Our peace is holy. Are you with me? Was this okay? Peace produces holiness. So Jesus on the mountain talking about, preaching about our attitudes that, uh, uh, that will align with the favor of God. See, the thing about it, we don't need to ask God for favor. Just walk in it. You will always have favor. Favor never runs out. Look at the attitudes. So strive to have these attitudes. Father, we just thank you, Lord, just for all that you're doing in our lives. God, thank you for being our Father. You are everything that we need, all that we need. It's nothing greater than you. Thank you for choosing all of us, Lord. Continue to move on our lives. Help us, Lord God. Help us be more like Christ. Help us have the attitude of Christ, Lord God. Help us every day as we die, daily, every day. Give us something we didn't have yesterday. Make us better. Thank you for making your mercy available every day for us. And we will give mercy to others. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.